0: All right. Now it's on. Okay. All right. Uh, This this is still not working the clicker. That's okay. All right. Well, today's message is called Extravagant Love. And uh, I'll be sharing uh, a little bit more about uh, our mission trip to to Kyrgyzstan. And so uh, Kyrgyzstan is in Central Asia um, it's a nation that is surrounded by mountains. So you probably saw a lot of those pictures there, uh, of those beautiful mountains. And, um, yeah, uh, the, a lot of the Kyrgyz people, um, the ethnically Kyrgyz people look actually very Asian. Uh, it, I think it's, it's something like 85% of the uh, Kyrgyz people are ethnically Kyrgyz, so they look Asian. Uh, similar, uh, descendants and all that. Uh, About 15% are Slavic-looking, so kind of uh, ethnically Russian or Ukrainian, uh, German even. And uh, so actually most of the people in the churches uh, that we saw uh, are more kind of uh, Slavic uh, ethnically, uh, since uh, Christianity has taken more of a hold. Uh, obviously in Europe and, uh, in Eastern Europe, Russia, uh, Ukraine, then it has in, in places like, like, uh, well, in, in, amongst at least the ethnically Kyrgyz, who by and large are mostly, uh, Muslim. And, uh, so I wanted to show you that this is a picture of our mission team. That was there, and so uh, there there was uh, our church and uh, a church from uh, San Jose called uh, New Creation UMC, and then there was Abundant Life Community, uh, that's part of San Diego KUMC. Uh, Pastor Jonathan, who uh, Young talked about a moment ago, uh, leads that church, and he uh, was—he's the the kind of silver-haired-looking guy, (laughs) the bigger guy there uh, towards the middle. and he, he's been organizing these trips for a number of years. They've been go, been going for, I think, over 10 years. And uh, on the end, uh, to, uh towards the end, uh, I'm not sure which way it'll face you, but uh, towards the left, um, th- there's uh, Pastor Curtis, who was a part of uh, Pastor Jonathan's congregation, but really fell in love with the Indian students that he met um, uh, through their trips there. And so he decided to move to India. And become a pastor there. And uh, uh, next to him is a, a guy named uh, Gladwin, who came from his church in India. And they came and joined uh, the conference as well. And I uh, just want to show you a, a few other pictures. Uh, so this is a picture of Bishkek, K-U-M-C. And so uh, it, 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 there in the middle is uh, John. Uh, Young talked about him. He's he, th- This was his sixth time going to Central Asia. Uh, but, uh, Bishkek UMC, uh, it's pretty typical for churches there. Uh, you'll see some other pictures, but it does not look like a church, right? There's no cross there. Uh, because Kyrgyzstan is, uh, majority Muslim, uh, having a cross can invite big trouble. And so, um, here's, here's a picture of, uh, this is a church in Kinda. Uh, this is Pastor Dima, who's the district superintendent of that region, um, and he was our, our host for uh, a lot of the time. This is his church. It just looks like a house. And uh, here's another picture of, of the church. And uh, you'll, you'll notice that uh, you, you see there's a fence there. And so actually only half the church uh, belongs to them. Only half that building is the church, and it belongs to them. And it's Pastor Dima's house uh, and the church. And so on Sundays, uh, they have Sunday school in uh, Pastor Dima and his wife's bedroom. <laughs> so it's very cramped. And, uh, you know, they're hoping one day to be able to buy the other half of that house. Uh, the half of their house that they own, uh, the, that the church owns, um, costs about 15,000 U.S. dollars. And so the U.S. dollar actually goes really far there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just wanted you to see the condition of some of the churches there. Uh, this is another church. Uh, sorry. I think that picture is, uh, f- oh, on my, it's flipped up right side up here. Uh, this is a church, uh, one of the bigger churches we went to, and, uh, it's in Carabalta. Uh, and, uh, this church is unusual, because it actually has a cross. (laughs) So you can see uh, the cross is there. It's kind of hiding a little bit behind the trees there. Uh, They actually had a Muslim man who used to come to their church and kind of harass them and told them, if you don't uh, take down this cross, I'm gonna burn down your church. And so uh, he never did. The cross is still there. The church is still there, uh, but those are some of the kinds of troubles that our brothers and sisters in Kyrgyzstan sometimes uh, run up against. Uh, The the form of Islam there isn't overly hostile, but at the same time, uh, Christianity is. uh, Christians are very much in the minority uh, in Kyrgyzstan, and uh, this is the inside of uh, uh, Pastor Demas' church. Uh, It's very cozy. And, uh, like Connie was sharing, uh, they have about 20 church members. A few of them came and joined us, uh, uh that day and, uh, we, we had lunch together. And, uh, uh, yeah, just want to show you there the inside of the church. And, uh, so we spent a couple days in, uh, Bishkek, uh, touring Bishkek and also visiting some of the churches. Uh, but then, uh, the rest of the time we spent, uh, we drove about four hours. Uh, to Lake Isikul. Uh you, A lot of the pictures you saw with that beautiful lake and the mountains were taken there. And uh, so it was at a resort, which really just kind of looked like a lot of the retreat centers that we normally have retreats. And we had the International Student Forum. And so it was mostly Indian medical students. And so uh, here's a picture of uh, uh, one of the uh, worship services that we had there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we had a wonderful time there. Uh, the students, uh, were just some of the friendliest, kindest people, uh, that, that we've ever met. Um, Connie <laughs> and I were talking at one point. She was like, is this real? Like, 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 are they really that nice? And, and my response was, maybe Americans are just really mean. <laughs> but, uh, it, it, we were so warmly greeted and, uh, it, it was just a wonderful time. I, I can't express to you, uh, the kind of joy that I experienced over there. Um, I was just happy the whole time. And it, it was just really, uh, uh, just a wonderful time. Um, I, as we get into, uh, more of the scripture, uh, I wanted to uh, tell you about one of the team members that we met there. Uh, this is a picture of, uh, well, young there is there. Uh, <laughs> and the guy that he's, uh, he's with is Pastor Justin Rue from New Creation UMC. Um, he's, uh, a, a little bit older than me. Uh, Pastor Justin is, uh, first generation Korean. Um, but he serves in a second generation, uh, Korean United Methodist Church. And he's like one of the goofiest guys, a really passionate dude. Um, but, but re- really, a uh, fun guy, a really, uh, j- just a, a really, uh, he has a really good heart and, um, pastor Justin shared with us, uh, one of the days that we were at the forum, um, a scripture that he often shares when it comes to missions. And it's the scripture that I'm going to be, um, preaching on today. And so this message is very much inspired by the talk that we had with pastor Justin and uh, so uh just want to dive into the scripture here. It's Matthew 13, three through, uh, sorry, Matthew chapter 14, verses 3 through 9 that we read a moment ago. And so while Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon, the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. This story is very similar to uh, a couple other stories that we see. Uh, And in Scripture, one is with uh, Mary of Bethany, and so we see that uh, the scene here is in Bethany, and so likely this is Mary. Uh, There's another uh, story where uh, the woman is identified by uh, the Pharisees who are there as a sinful woman and so we're not really sure what that means but you can kind of draw your own conclusions but it's this really costly flask of pure nard and she broke the flask and poured it over his head and so we're told that, um, that this ointment was was uh worth about 300 denarii which would have been a lot at that time and uh that that would have been uh you know close to a year's wages for workers at that time. So if you think about, you know, what, what is the average uh, wage for a worker? Let's say, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Can you imagine that this flask was worth $50,000? And she takes it, and she pours it over his head. And so it goes on Jesus all over him, soaking his robes, and it, it just drips onto the floor, right? And it's gone. I mean, it's on the floor, right? What are you going to do with it now? Can't put it back into the flask, right? And so the people who are there likely, um, you know, there, there were some religious people. There were disciples there. And they're angry, right? They're indignant. They're like, why would you waste this ointment? Right, And and they did the calculation, right? You know, it's worth the equivalent of $50,000. You could have given that to the poor. And they scolded her. What a waste, isn't it? In in many ways, uh, Pastor Justin was sharing with us. He said, you know, that's a lot like missions, if you think about it. Missions are kind of a waste of money. And this comes from a guy who uh, goes to Central Asia every year. And he also brings his church to Cuba every year. Uh, He definitely has a heart for missions. He loves missions. He loves taking his church on missions. Uh, They raise money for missions. And from his lips, I was kind of shocked when he said it. He said, missions are a huge waste of money. I mean, it is, isn't it? You know, when you think about sort of like, you know, the economic sense. And I thought about this, too, you know, from our own church. Um, we raised uh, $3,100, right, which is awesome and it is just so generous of our church to raise that money. But all told, our trip was probably more like 4500 when you added up all the costs that were involved. And a lot of it was uh, g- giving uh, money to the churches there, but some of it was for our plane ticket, right, which cost close to $1,000. And, and you know, like, like we were going to be there for less than a week. And and I thought to myself at many different points, why are we doing this? You know, why would we spend all this money? Wouldn't that money be better spent if we just gave it directly to the people, right? If we gave that $3,000 from our plane tickets and just gave it directly to the churches or directly to some poor people in Kyrgyzstan, and there are many poor people in Kyrgyzstan, right? It's a waste of money. You know what else is a waste of money? Flowers. Have you ever bought flowers for people? I maybe bought like a dozen roses, you know, paid 50 bucks and, and you gave this to someone and you know, you're like, here, you know, I love you and I wanted to give you something beautiful. And so you give it to this person and then they're like, oh, thanks. And then a couple of weeks later, those flowers are useless. They've shriveled, right? They've become dead, brittle things, and you just throw them away, right? Maybe for some people, you you press them in in the pages of your Bible or something or in a dictionary, and you put it in a scrapbook. But in most cases, right, it's a waste of money, right? Pastor Justin was like, wouldn't it make more sense to give to your wife or your girlfriend, like, hey, you know what? Here's some laundry detergent. You know, hey, look, I bought you, um, <laughs> I don't know, some cooking equipment or something like that. You know, uh, anything like I bought you pencils, right? It would be way more useful. But in many ways, our expressions of love are great wastes of money. Right. Most of the gifts that we give people, it's a waste of money. And in many ways, expressions of love are that way because when we think about things only in terms that are useful, I think oftentimes uh, it becomes sort of like an exchange, right? You think of things merely in economic terms. What, What would make the most sense to give to this person instead of just this free gift of love? Probably for most of us, we we don't think about the cost of these things when you are giving this to someone. Yeah, maybe you think about it for a little bit, but not a whole lot, right? When you're buying those flowers for your loved one, you know, you're just thinking like, man, I I just want to make them happy. Um, so I I, I didn't ask my wife's permission for this. I, I think she'll be okay with this. Erin, you can write in the comments if you're not okay with me sharing this. Erin hates flowers. She thinks they're so useless and just such a waste of money, you know? But I have to say that there are many occasions where, you know, maybe it's just my lack of husbandly imagination where I'm like, I really don't know what to get you. So I'm going to get you flowers. And, and I'll tell you, every time I get Erin flowers, cause it's been many times since she told me, right? We've been married, uh, 15 years and, you know, um, She told me very early on, don't get me flowers. It's a waste of money, you know, but I still do it. And every time I do it, she's like, what, what is this? What is this garbage? And she takes it and she just rips up all the petals and throws it in my face. No, she doesn't do that. Of course not. Right. She doesn't do that. Every time I give her flowers, this is what she does. She's like, thank you. Right. And she appreciates it and she puts it somewhere, you know, puts in water and, and you know, even though it is a waste of money, right? I mean, it is clearly a waste of money, but it is an expression of love. I, I want to show you again those words that Jesus spoke. That, or, or sorry, uh, yeah, we read that a moment ago. But look at what Jesus says in response to this gift, this wasteful gift. Jesus said, "Leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done." a beautiful thing to me. Jesus sees the beauty of this act. He doesn't look at it in economic terms, the way that the other people in this room, they're like, oh, what's the cost benefit, you know, uh, ratio uh, of of this thing that this woman did? Is it really worth $50,000 what she did for Jesus? Could she have done this more on a budget? Could she have bought cheaper Uh, uh, perfume, maybe she could have bought the toilet, you know, and she could have saved some money there. No, Jesus doesn't look at any of that. She's, he says, this is so beautiful. Thank you. This is so beautiful. And And he says, you always have the poor with you and whenever you want, you can do good for them. And, and I think in many ways, this is sort of a way of Jesus kind of putting it back on people. Because I think we do this often. We, we judge what other people do. And Jesus's point is, well, the poor are always there. What are you doing to help them? He's not saying don't help the poor. He's saying you always have opportunity to help the poor. Why are you, why are you being so hard on this woman? Because in many cases, we don't help the poor. But we criticize other people for their wasteful uh, purchases, right? We're like, oh, man, you could have used that money. You could have given it to the poor. And Jesus's question for us is, what are you doing for the poor? Because you have that opportunity. Instead of pointing the finger at this woman and what she did, look at your own life and what you can do, right? And he says, she has done what she could. This is what she could do. She has anointed my body before beforehand for burial. And then Jesus says something really wild. Uh, Pastor Justin pointed this out to us, and it's something that I haven't really thought about, but I, I want us to take a look at verse 9 again, and I want you to read that. And truly I say to you, Wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. It's pretty incredible the way that Jesus honors this act of love. I mean, Jesus doesn't say that about just about anything that, uh, that people do, Jesus doesn't say that about just about anything. In his earthly ministry. But what this woman has done. By wasting the perfume. This will be told. In her honor. Right? Wherever the gospel. Is proclaimed. Why? why? How do you make sense of that. Brothers and sisters. I think it is because. It is an act of love. And acts of love. Often are extravagant. And if you think about it. That's the way missions is. Missions is extravagant. You know, I mean, just think about how weird our trip was, right? You know, yes, we spent all that money to go, and we went as (laughs) uh, uh, Korean-American folks to Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan to minister to Indian medical students. Man, (laughs) God is wild, right? Following God is wild. Missions is wild, right? Who, who would have imagined that? You know, and, and in many ways, I think part of the reason why we were greeted so warmly is, is I think people were just like touched. You know, I don't think they looked at it in economic terms. They were like, wait, wait, wait. How much money did you spend? How much money did you spend to be here? Why didn't you just send us that money? Nobody said that, right? They were like, huh. Thank you for being with us. Wow, that's so awesome that you just came to be with us. Right? And, and we didn't go with really any agenda. And, and we ended up, you know, I, I preached a couple times there, and uh, Connie uh, did a workshop, and both Young and Connie gave their testimonies while they were there. But really, I mean, we just went with the, with, with the desire. And it, in, in many ways, it, it just seemed kind of strange <laughs> to come with this desire. But we were just like, hey, we're just coming to be with you. You know, that was our heart. We're just coming to be with you. You know, you think about um, our own lives and our own faith. I think the reason why this wasteful, extravagant act of love is shared, is meant to be shared, when, wherever the gospel is proclaimed, is because that's what the gospel is. It's extravagant love. right? Have you ever thought about what Jesus did to show his love for us? Dying on the cross as he did, Right? For, for, for what? I mean, couldn't he have had a more economic solution, right? A more cost-effective solution for showing his love for us? Couldn't he have just, uh, you know, kind of, um, just been like, hey, I forgive all y'all, right? I'm God. You know, I, I just, just, just believe me and maybe done a, a few more miracles. No, he didn't do that. He, shared his love in the most extravagant way he suffered and he died and he bled on a cross a, a criminal's cross for us it doesn't make any sense right often extravagant love doesn't make sense maybe some of y'all have have driven you know uh, uh there used to be a a uh a a song and I'm going to screw it up. Is it 500 miles? I would walk 500 miles and I would walk 500 more. This idea that this this guy says, I would walk 500 miles. Actually, I would go 500 more. I would walk 1,000 miles just to be with you. Just to be with you. I mean, think about what Jesus has done just to be with us. This is what floors me. This, this is what first touched and changed my heart. You, we live in a world where everyone is sizing up, you know, uh, uh, you know, what is the cost benefit? You know? How much toilet paper should I take from the store? (laughs) You know, we're all trying to figure out how we get ours. And here we see Jesus just freely giving his life for us. We see this woman who is so, just just the love in our heart, the the gratefulness in our heart for what Jesus, uh, the way that Jesus has touched our heart. It just overflows, and she wants to express that in the way that she can. She she goes to the store, and she just finds the most expensive jar of ointment that she can find, that she can afford. She does what she can. She says, this is how much money I have, a year's wages. I want to buy that for Jesus. I want to buy that, and I just I, I just want him to smell beautiful because he is so beautiful. You know, I don't know what impact our ministry had there, but I know that there have been many missionaries and servants of God who've gone to foreign lands, who've given up their lives extravagantly, and people said, why? What a waste. Why would you do that? Doesn't make any sense. Just send money. But they didn't do that. They went and they poured out their lives extravagantly. And they said, We are here to be with you, to share with you the love of Christ. And I know I wouldn't be here if there weren't people who, who loved that extravagantly, who shared the gospel in such an extravagant way there was one student uh, in a small group after one of the worship services that I preach, and uh, uh, this student was not Christian. And he shared with the small group leader, he he said, you know, I'm not a Christian, but I, I'm thinking, you know, after today's worship service, just reflecting, um, I think this is the way. I think this is the way. I, I don't know what happened with that student. But I know that God takes what we give extravagantly, wastefully, and he uses it. He uses it in amazing ways. Um, I just want to, yeah, um just close. We're going to have the priest team come up in a moment and we're going to close this out. But uh, I just want to give us a moment to think about the extravagant love of Christ for you. This is why people have done crazy things in the name of the gospel, why people have traveled to faraway lands, why we would go all the way to Bishkek, Kyrgyzstan in the middle of a global pandemic, right? And that we would just go to be there with those people to tell them, God loves you and so do we. And that's the message for you today. I mean, one of the things that we noticed, um, Connie Young and I, when we were there, is just how hardened our hearts have become, you know, especially here in America, where we have so much. But maybe we forget just how extravagantly we have been loved. So let's just take a moment to reflect on that. And praise team, if you guys want to come and you guys can set up. So I want to encourage you, maybe for many of us, we, we've you know either grown up in the church or we consider ourselves Christ followers. I want you to think about, for a moment, the first time you really understood the gospel. I want you to remember the first time that, that you realized that you were loved not because you deserved it, but because that is who God is. And, and it, it boggles the mind. It doesn't make sense why Jesus would do what he did to die on the cross for us. But yes, he would do that for us. This extravagant, wasteful love that Jesus would show To sinners like me, I know all the things that I've done that show that I don't deserve that kind of love. And yet, while we were still sinners, Jesus gave his life for us. Jesus gave his life for you. Can you remember what that felt like? Can you remember the kinds of thoughts you had? Or maybe there was no thought. There was just gratitude. Maybe you've never had an experience like that. And I want to encourage you to just take a moment today. You know, I think we got the time, right? It's one of the gifts that we have right now is we have some time. Think about, meditate on, turn over in your heart. this mind-blowing truth. Jesus loves you this extravagantly, this wastefully. Just rest in that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.